Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of the Master Instructor Roundtable. I'm Regional Master Instructor, and as always, with my fellow Regional Master Instructor and dear friend, Miss Wendy Batts. Wendy, how are you doing today? I'm great, Marty. How are you? Great, as always. You know, this is my favorite time of the week. Get to jump on our Master Instructor Roundtable and always talk, in my mind, about something very interesting. Today's going to be yes. no different. It is not. And you know what? We have so many things to cover today. So we're just going to jump right on in. We have two amazing guests. So Marty, do you want to do a quick intro and, and let's bring them on? Absolutely. So first and foremost, we're bringing in a fellow NESM, longtime, um, you know, people you're going to be very familiar with, Mike Fonagrassi, who's our senior development of product. But also we have Dr. Guillermo Escalante. So I'm excited. Not only he going to have great information. He's a fellow ATC. So you know me as an ATC. I'm always going to highlight that. He's a strength conditioning specialist, got also some other amazing credentials behind his back, professor of kinesiology and dean fellow at the College of Natural Sciences at California State University of San Bernardino. And these are some of our experts on the new physique and bodybuilding coach program that NASM just released. So welcome, gentlemen. Thank you, Marty. Thanks, Wendy. Thank you for having us. Oh, it's our pleasure. I know Wendy and I, we've been talking about this. We're excited about this content because we have a lot to learn. So first and foremost, Guillermo, kind of like right out of the gate, if you can just tell us a little bit about you, your background, how you get into the sport of bodybuilding, you know, what you do now and how you get linked up with Mike and NASM. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I have a, a doctorate of science in athletic training, uh, and uh, I also have a master's in business administration. My undergraduate degrees were in athletic training and and biology, uh, and uh, right out of the gate, I, I, I took my NATA ATC exam uh, and got the uh, the athletic training certification. I also took the CSCS exam shortly after graduating, um, and I had a background in sports through through high school and college. But when I when I finished my athletic career, um, I was looking for an outlet for for competing and and com continue competing elsewhere. So. A friend of mine introduced me to bodybuilding, and uh, I went to my very first bodybuilding show in 2000 at the California State Bodybuilding Championships. I saw Lee Priest uh, guest pose on stage and some amazing amateur competitors uh, at, the, at that California State Championship, and that convinced me to try competing for the first time. Uh, and, uh, and that's what I did. About a few months later, I dieted down. I competed in my first show. Uh, I really enjoyed the process, the experience, and... Uh, now it's been, uh, gosh, over 22 years now that I've been competing uh, almost every year, just about uh, since I started. Um, but along that journey, what I was able to really see was uh, there was just so much misinformation in the field. Uh, there were a lot of uh, things coaches were saying, athletes were doing, and I, I didn't really understand the science behind all of it. And, uh, you know, having that educational background behind there, I, I kind of took a step back. I'm like, well, why is it that you're doing this? Or why, what's the reason for doing that? Uh, I even hired on, on coaches to help me early on. And, and I would just have a lot of Q&A with them. And, uh, and I really started to see, wow, there's a lot that we don't know in the science behind uh, physique and bodybuilding. Uh, and it's just been essentially a 20 plus year journey in uh, you know, trying to bridge that gap between science and application, uh, trying to uh, read the literature in, in sports nutrition and muscle hypertrophy and, and fat loss, body recomposition, et cetera, building strength and, and really developing that science uh, with regards to, to bodybuilding. Um, you know, uh, come, come full fledged a, a little bit later, I actually, uh, Mike and I met uh, through, through a mutual friend of ours. And in 2018, uh, we were at the International Society of Sports Nutrition and 
we sat down for, for a chat and uh, we, we actually discussed this particular program that, that has come to fruition, you know, uh, and, but that's, that's where it basically started. It started in Florida, uh, sitting down, discussing this uh, bodybuilding and physique coaching program and developing a, what I call an A through Z, uh, anything related to bodybuilding science so that we could actually help educate and provide people with something that I wish I had when I was, when I was first competing, you know, uh, 22 years ago, it's like to, to have a, a, the, the information available at your fingertips and just get some of the foundational knowledge that, that we need uh, to be able to apply the principles and, and be able to work from there. I love it. Well, Guillermo, we're really lucky to have you on. I know that you were the lead subject matter expert in the content, but Mike, can you give us a little information on the, from the NASM side, when you're thinking about physique and bodybuilding and this course itself, can you kind of give us a little bit more about, you know, who is it for? And then also kind of an overview of what the actual course is. Yeah. Um, so as far as like why we, we did it, who it's for, as Guillermo mentioned, um, it's something we've been thinking about doing for a really long time. Um, everyone has a different journey in fitness. And I think it's one of the areas that's underserved when you look at the traditional fitness certifications is that they focus more on like things we do, sports performance, corrective exercise, certified personal trainer stuff. Um, but the way that a lot of people get interested in fitness, a lot of times is through reading bodybuilding magazines. Uh, that's how I got into fitness. I was 14 years old. I saved up money to buy a weight training set. And uh, <clears throat> uh, that got me into it. I followed a program from Mike Mincer. It was a program for muscle and fitness. And then that kind of set me on my journey to when I went to college. I made a lot of great friends at the gym. My first job out of college was, was a personal trainer. So really going back to the roots of like, why do people get started in fitness? And that's the reason why I want to do this course. And as Guillermo mentioned, though, how could we do it in a way that really um, gave someone a shortcut? You know, I think in, in the, the ways that maybe we went through it, it was a lot of experimentation. There were things that uh, weren't really rooted well in science. But on the same side of it, there's a lot of things that bodybuilders do that were on the frontier of fitness and introduced concepts that we now uh, use in fitness and are well accepted uh, for it. Uh, so that's really kind of the journey to get the, the product out there. Um, as far as what it covers, just at a high level, uh, all the things that you would need to do to get someone into really great shape. And by that, I mean, uh, someone wants to get ready for a wedding. Um, they just want to be lean and stay lean all the way through maybe stepping on stage and being a competitor. And within that, we explore um, the nutrition that you would need to do that, the assessments, the way you assess those people, goal setting, uh, the training programs. And then I think probably most importantly is the coaching aspect of it. You know, I think that's a big piece where it's really difficult to get very lean. Um, I've never been able to get to single digit body fat like Guillermo's done uh, with it because it takes a lot of discipline uh, to do that. And that's probably the one difference between the other uh, courses that we have with this one too, is that you're teaching someone to get to body fat uh, levels that sometimes aren't sustainable for long periods of time. You know, when you're talking really low body fat as a, a male or female. Um, and then also it may be difficult to do that for long periods of time as well. But we did try to address like, Hey, if you want to get really lean and stay lean, here's how you can do it, which uh, is something that we see people struggle with a lot of times they'll lose weight and then they gain weight. And a lot of times people don't have a problem losing body fat or losing weight. They have a problem maintaining it. So I'm really proud of the strategies and the things that we teach in the course to help people do that as well. 
Awesome. Excellent. For those of you just joining us today on the Master Truck Roundtable, Marty Miller here with Wendy Bats. We have two special guests, Guillermo Escalante, or Dr. Guillermo, and Mike Fonagrassi from NESM. And we're talking about the newly released Physique and Bodybuilding Coach course. So exciting stuff. So Mike, you kind of already gave us an idea, but either one of you, uh, Guillermo or Mike, can you tell us how this program differs even a little bit more from some of the other NESM courses? Mike, you did go over the nutrition side and the body, uh, low body fat, but is there anything else that jumps out to you that is different? Yeah, I mean, I could probably speak to that as um, I've been involved with developing a lot of our courses here. Um, what, what I'm really, you know, excited about within the portfolio of products is that we have a lot of things for different individuals. Uh, so we have courses like Certified Nutrition Coach, and that one really focuses just on nutrition. And the way I would explain that one is fitness nutrition, meaning that someone, they are exercising, they're going to the gym, uh, maybe working out five to 10 hours per week, but they're not going above that threshold where you have to start utilizing um, sport performance nutrition uh, for that individual with it. And then the other course that's nutrition focused 100% is Certified Sport Nutrition Coach. And that is that bridge where someone is starting to exercise more than 10 hours per week. They're involved in sports and athletics and their goal is performance. Um, and that's a big differentiator between this and the physique is that with physique, it's about how you look with sport nutrition is about how you perform. And, you know, it is important to have sometimes lower levels of body fat to be an athlete. Um, but at the same time, being as lean as a bodybuilder in a lot of cases would be a detriment. You know, there is levels of body fat that's important to protect our, our bodies and for homo, uh, hormones to function correctly and all that stuff. Um, so those are differences between those. And then the other one that's probably most similar to this product is weight loss specialist. Uh, but that one's focused really on someone who has maybe 50 pounds or more weight to lose. And what are the nutrition strategies and exercise strategies that are for that audience? And then, you know, this one is, I, I wanna go from maybe normal levels of body fat to getting extremely low levels of body fat. And that's what this product is really designed to teach and do. Awesome. Well, that clears up a lot of stuff for me too, because I'm like, I want to know the difference as well. So I love being able to do these. But, um, you know, Guillermo, can you kind of talk a little bit about, there's got to be a lot of misconceptions about physique and bodybuilding. And can you maybe help clarify why this course may, may be different in your eyes and then and kind of clarify some of these, uh, some of these topics and, and issues that you might hear in, in that field? Yeah, absolutely. And, and Mike actually touched on this a little bit is, you know, uh, for so long, uh, I'm going to call us the, the the white coders, which are, you know, just the purely scientific side uh, studying in the lab type of thing. You know, for so long, they, they put down the, the bros in the gym that were actually, um, you know, implementing some of these principles. So, you know, for example, higher protein intake or nutrient timing, um, etc. So uh, utilizing different type of uh, training strategies. Um, so these are some things that were, have been implemented essentially since the 50s, 60s, 70s, uh, and they've been doing them for decades, um, and people were automatically dismissing them without understanding them. So we have on one side of the equation, um, as Mike said, there, there are many principles that bodybuilders have been doing for decades that just had never, the science hadn't been applied to them to really understand why or how they work, but indeed, a lot of them happen to be quite effective and they actually do work. Uh, and like Mike said, they were actually pioneers in, in that sense. It's just not until later that we were able to apply the scientific lens through it and 
take it through scientific testing that we can actually understand some of these principles. Now, along that same token, there, there are a lot of other components that they do that you find is like are maybe often unnecessary or overstated. Um, and, and they may not be necessary or not necessarily as effective. And in some cases, detrimental and purely dangerous. So I, I think those are some of the important aspects. And what we try to do with this particular program is um, we really dive into the science, uh, the scientific principles, and we really go through the, the nuts and bolts of, uh, hey, what, what does work? Uh, what's more effective? What's less effective? Uh, what do we not know? Because there's still a lot that we don't know. There's a lot of things that we're still learning. Uh, for example, peak week uh, type of recommendations. So what, what do competitors do during peak week? Uh, well, we wrote a paper uh, in 2021 that discussed peak week recommendations and it's evidence-based peak week recommendations. But as we read some of that information and we actually have a whole chapter dedicated to peak week here, which expands upon that particular paper. And uh, as we talk about that is, these are the things we know, and these are the things we know that are effective. These are the things that we still don't know a lot of information of, but they're implemented. They may or may not be effective. Uh, these are the things we know are particularly potentially unsafe and maybe hazardous that you should maybe shy away from. Uh, and those are the things that we focus on. And at the end of the day, uh, we are just everyday learners. So we need to be lifelong learners, uh, particularly in this science, in the physique and bodybuilding science, where at the end of the day, we're a baby science. It's really a brand new topic. And it's not until the last few decades where we're actually starting to learn uh, about these, uh, the science behind bodybuilding and physique science. Well, Guillermo, and this is for you and Mike, it kind of piggybacks off of what you just said, you know, within this course, like for me, obviously that isn't usually a population that I work, work with. So within the course itself, I know it's 19 chapters. It's filled with a lot of different um, topics, like you said, that surround getting up onto the stage, but is there like going to be an exercise library? Are there guides? Are there things to help someone like me that really wants to maybe take on this type of population? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll answer that, <clears throat> Wendy. And uh, think of this as it, anyone that wants to get in, in great shape, you know, and so even though it's written to a level that can support someone that wants to get on shape, uh, get on stage, you know, that's being the most, I think, extreme or difficult uh, person that you would work with, it's still going to be very relevant for the person that comes in and says, hey, I want to get in shape for a wedding or I want to look great this summer. And that's really what this course is going to address in there. So it's going to give you the coaching strategies, the nutrition strategies, the workout programs that are going to help maybe bring up lagging body parts. Um, Guillermo could probably talk a lot more on this, but a big factor is, is your symmetry, having this X factor to your body, right? Where you have a smaller waist and, and larger shoulders. Um, so that gives you that taper and stuff that you want. And so that can help a lot with your aesthetics. And then even the peak week stuff that, um, Guillermo mentioned, just in case the audience isn't as familiar or you guys with that, that's basically all the stuff you would do that last week, which is manipulating your water and, and carb intake and other things. So that way you have this look of being able to really see that muscle definition. And it's what happens a lot with models and other people, um, the way that they look. So a lot of times they don't look like that all the time. It's because they have these strategies that allow them from go from looking, you know, maybe okay to looking actually really, really good just by doing this peak week strategy. Um, and again, not all that different um, or, or I would say dissimilar to what athletes would do. 
um, in the UFC with like water cuts and stuff like that. Um, they're doing it for a different reason, but it, it shares some of those principles. Um, but again, Guillermo is an expert on, on that piece. Since I've never stepped on stage, I haven't gone to that level yet. Yeah, Mike, and, 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 sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, oh, Sorry, I, I was just going to add to what Mike was saying. And, you know, really, a lot of these principles is is are, are on a spectrum, right? So uh, I know when I used to work as a personal trainer and, and had my fitness studio many years ago, um, what do most clients come in to see me for? Well, they want to look better, right? Of, of course, health and application, but it, I would say 80, 90% of these individuals just want to look better in their clothes, fit better in their clothes, look better in a bikini, look better in a bathing suit. So we have this spectrum of uh, what we need to get there and where, where do you want to go? And uh, these principles really apply for, for the entire population. Of course, as Mike was saying earlier, you know, it, it's much different to go from you know, 30% body fat down to 18% body fat, as opposed to go from 12% body fat down to 5% body fat. Uh, even though some of the principles are the same, but it requires a, a little bit more dedication, more discipline, more structure. And the closer we get to those essential levels of body fat, which is what's, what competitors get to, uh, it re the details, the devil's in the details. So all of those little details do begin to matter. Um, and they may not matter so much uh, when, you, when you're kind of starting an exercise program for that uh, general fitness population. But as you start getting closer and closer uh, to really uh, getting into that wild physique component, uh, that's where you really have to pay attention to some of these particular details, perhaps a little bit more, because uh, often the difference between, just like any sport, the difference between first and second is often just a little bit. So uh, those extra little details may actually add up to, to the difference between winning and losing. No, thank you for that, Guillermo. That's a great additional information. And what I was going to say is, you know, Mike used the word expert a couple of times, but just uh, to kind of throw this out there, you know, you were the lead subject matter expert for this program. So if you can explain what that means to our audience, so they know the depth of what we go through as a company to make sure we have the best information. And also what you did to develop this program with NASM, is that different than other projects you've worked on with NASM? Yeah, no, it, it it was a fantastic experience working with NASM and, and the entire team. Uh, so, you know, we, we sat uh, on a round table basically with, with different individuals uh, from, from, from within NASM, uh, you know, with Brian, with Casey, uh, with Tony, with Mike and, uh, and myself. And, and we, we basically started brainstorming different ideas. Uh, we were able to develop a very thorough outline. So we had a very general outline that we developed on different points we wanted to cover. Um, and then they really uh, allowed me the freedom to uh, expand and, and uh, maybe delete certain things, expand on certain things. And then, uh, you know, at the end of a few months, we actually had a, an entire uh, very thorough outline with now each specific chapter. What are what specific things do we want to cover within each chapter? Uh, what kind of evidence do we have on that? Uh, so that was kind of the first piece was putting the entire program together with uh, different perspectives looking at it. Um, and of course, with, with my particular expertise in, in the niche of, of bodybuilding uh, and then putting that framework together. So that framework really allowed us to uh, really hone in on what we wanted to expand on, uh, what areas we wanted to write on uh, and, and what we wanted covered. Uh, and that was just the first part. Then the second part came in the uh, ability to recruit and, and uh, get authors that are other ex subject matter experts within 
particular parts of bodybuilding. So Dr. Brad Schoenfeld, for example, uh, speaks worldwide in muscle hypertrophy. Uh, and he is, you know, probably the leading expert on muscle hypertrophy techniques. So he's a friend of mine. I was able to call Brad and say, uh, hey, Brad, we worked on a couple of projects together. Are you interested in writing the chapter on muscle hypertrophy, which was fantastic. We, we were able to do that. And we were able to do that for all of the different subjects. So everything from um, anatomy and physiology. I have, I have a, a colleague of mine who's a bodybuilder who teaches anatomy uh, at a medical school in Texas. So uh, he actually wrote the anatomy chapter. And we are all also practitioners where we, we've worked with clients, we've worked with bodybuilders, or we've competed ourselves within the bodybuilding space. Uh, and uh, luckily, I was able to, to help pull from uh, my resources. And of course, uh, they, of course, had other resources as well, other, other individuals that they know. So collectively, we came up with a pool of, uh, gosh, I think 22, 23 subject matter experts uh, that actually have subspecialties within the bodybuilding physique science space, uh, whether it be nutrition, whether it be coaching, uh, whether it be uh, rehabilitation and injury prevention, uh, whether it be exercise programming, and we were able to pull all those individuals. We showed them our uh, very exhaustive outline with things we wanted covered. They also had the ability to say, have you thought about adding this or that, or should I expand on this or that? So that was a fantastic, really uh, teamwork, uh, team effort, and really gave us uh, not only breadth, but also a lot of depth in what we wanted to cover. Um, and, and then th from then on, they write their chapters. Uh, and now we have basically 22, 23 of what I consider the world's leading experts in physique science. And uh, now we're able to peer review each other's chapters. So I reviewed every one of those chapters and then another one of those individuals peer reviewed other people's work. Uh, in addition to the NASM team that also reviewed the work. So you basically have three pairs of eyes looking at it from different perspectives and we're actually critiquing the work, making sure that uh, we're saying what we need to say, that it's evidence-based, uh, you know, we're, we're raising questions and making sure that uh, what we're saying is uh, to the best of our ability, the best available science today. Uh, and uh, with the practical application piece, which was really important. Uh, so by the time it all came together, I mean, it's, it's just that, an amazing piece of work. I'm very proud of it. And, and it's been a, just an amazing experience working with NASM. That's great. So a follow-up question and Mike, you know, I'd love to hear your opinion. I'll let you decide, you know, Guillermo, Mike, how you guys like to answer this. You may both have different uh, thoughts on this, but at NASM, you know, we hang our hat on being evidence-based and Guillermo, you've already touched on this. And I know this program is no exception. So it, everyone's going to ask, is this truly an evidence-based course? Can you give our listeners an idea of what that means exactly in the context of this physique and bodybuilding course? Yeah, I mean, I can start and then I'll hand it over to, to Guillermo. I'm sure I can give you a, a better answer than myself. But I think the way we approach this as with any course is that you look at these three pillars for evidence-based or evidence-informed practice, which is what does the research say? In the case of bodybuilding, it's also a lot of this um, expert opinion and what's happening in the field and things that we know that works that maybe haven't been proven in science yet, but again, we know it works in the field. And then also taking in uh, consideration the, the client um, as well. And so when you factor those all together, then you get that evidence-informed practice. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and as as Mike said, evidence based means more than just reading the science, right? Because um, even when we when we even look at some of the literature, we really have to understand that um, even within the bodybuilding science literature, you know, there's often limitations in the literature and and how we can actually uh, extrapolate some of the findings, right? So sometimes when we see, um, we might read an article on. Um, recreationally trained bodybuilders did this particular exercise program or did this particular nutritional intervention. So we have to always look at, okay, what's this population like? So how do they define uh, these recreational bodybuilders? Um, and, and how does that actually apply to, to, to the actual uh, true bodybuilder that we're actually going to be seeing competing on the Olympia stage? And we may see some differences. They define that recreationally trained bodybuilder as somebody who lifts three days a week um, and um, has only been doing so for a couple of years. Well, now it's not to say that that study is unimportant or doesn't have uh, essential information. However, you need to take those findings with a particular grain of salt and understand, hey, yes, this is great initial information, but it doesn't always apply to the highly trained individual, the Olympia competitor, for example, who has spent the last 15 years training, who trained six days a week, has been doing so for the last 15 years. Um, we also need to look at the inter-individual variant uh, uh, differences of people, which is another big thing. Um, when we look at science in general, it's based on averages, and we're not average. We're not on. We're not averages. So we need to look at inter-individual variances in the data, right? So the the ver the number next to the mean is 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 a very important number called that standard deviation. And we need to look at what that standard deviation looks like because that's going to tell you how much, what were the inter-individual variances between the findings of a particular dietary supplement or a particular training protocol. And you may see that you have hyper-responders, non-responders, and moderate responders. And uh, you may you have to kind of see how that's distributed. So when you're reading the, the science, it's more than just reading the abstract and, and reading what the, the conclusion is. You really need to dive into the, the methodology. You need to dive into the statistics and the results to understand that. Um, particularly when you're looking at the nuances of bodybuilding and physique science, which is relatively new. And a lot of the people that are studied are not necessarily people like myself or a lot of other people that are competing who have been competing for a long time. Um, so. When we look at evidence base, we have to really say what's available and what nuggets can we take out of there? How can we extrapolate some of these findings and how can we really critically analyze the information that is out there to really be able to apply uh, those findings? And as Mike said, sometimes these things are, are there and uh, they, they're being done. Uh, and my approach to studying a lot of bodybuilding uh, is basically do an so some observational stuff, at least as a starting point because it's very difficult to recruit uh, bodybuilders who are, who are at a high level, because if you're gonna enter into a particular study, you're gonna need to basically do a, a, go through a 12 week intervention or a 16 week intervention, give up everything that you're doing, everything that you've been dieting for, anything that you're training and do it a particular way that the scientist is gonna say. Um, and most bodybuilders aren't willing to do that because they have their own program that they're willing to do. So uh, to do an observation on what are the things that are doing and then are these things effective or not effective and testing them can be a good start. And then hopefully we can start recruiting more bodybuilders that are willing 
to do these uh, tests and, and, and these particular studies, and then we can learn more. But that is a difficult challenge. Yes. Well, today on the Master Instructor Roundtable, myself, Wendy Batts, is here with Marty Miller, my co-host, and we have two special guests, Dr. Guillermo Escalante and Mike Fanagrassi from NASM. And we're talking about the brand new Physique and Bodybuilding Coach program that was just launched last week. And Mike, I, I have a question for you with, with some of our um, NASM already certified personal trainers. Do you feel that this is a really good next step for someone, or do you think they need to have some of our other courses like corrective exercise to be more specific with anatomy and, and movement. And then do we need to have that CPT or OPT model um, understanding to really be able to dive deep into this program? Yeah, so uh, <clears throat> good question, Wendy. As far as this course, um, it is a, a more advanced level course and it goes deep into a lot of topics, but it's it's written in a way that we try to make it very relatable and, under, and something that people can understand, um, even if the, this is their first pathway into learning about this stuff. Uh, in an ideal world, we'd say, you know, probably having a CPT would be the best thing and then take this course. Uh, but certainly if someone has a background and they've been working out, you know, they go to the gym, they've been reading magazines and, and blogs and, and videos and stuff, they can still go through this course and come out with a, a really great understanding of, again, how to be a physique and bodybuilding coach. Uh, we do cover the, the programming and talk about the OPT model. Um, so really, this is a comprehensive course that, that covers all these different elements. And so you wouldn't need to go through the CPT course to understand the OPT model, because we do cover that and provide programming uh, in the, this course for that. Perfect. Well, I, you know, actually, I have another kind of piggyback question then, because with you saying, you know, when people are reading blogs and magazines and everything, you know, I know that we've talked about the experts and we've talked about, you know, this is 19 chapters worth of information. So, you know, Mike, in, in your because obviously, you know, this content, Guillermo, you were you were the expert behind it as well. What is truly the biggest differentiator in both of your, your opinions from this course to stuff that's already out there on the market? I would say just, you know, in my opinion, it would be uh, all the different elements that go into it. Some of the stuff we discussed, which is starting with um, just the history of, of bodybuilding, just kind of understanding, you know, where the roots are from that. Um, getting into things like how do you assess a client and have assessments that are specific for these types of populations? Um, how do you assess their nutrition? And then getting into the nutrition programming, the exercise programming, and then the stuff that goes really deep, like having a, a frank discussion about performance enhancing drugs, because that that is something that happens in this space. Supplementation, you know, uh, bodybuilders and even general fitness uh, enthusiasts are going to use a lot of supplements. So really talking about what works and what has good evidence behind it versus what might be uh, something to to avoid. Um, and then really, how do you put it all together in a coaching program, which is key, you know, to getting the results, because you can know what to do and still not accomplish it for a lot of different reasons and having that accountability and, and someone coaching you. Uh, or if you just want to learn it, you know, for yourself, like I, I want to learn how to do this and have the best available information. That's what this course is going to provide. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think uh, Mike, Mike touched on a, a lot of great things there. Um, we, we provide that foundational knowledge and uh, ranging from, like he said, the history component is great. You know, where did bodybuilding come from? Where did it start? 
uh, you know, the individual that we had, I mean, he did his entire doctorate dissertation on the history of strength in sport. So when, when you actually see the information that, that is in there, is it's pretty amazing. Um, then we, we dive into, you know, the basic sciences. So we go into biomechanics, we go into anatomy, we go into physiology, we go into metabolism. So you have a basic understanding of those different uh, components. And then we dive into um, principles of muscle hypertrophy and, and what are the training principles behind that? How do muscles grow? Why do they grow? Uh, what kind of uh, mechanical stimulus do you need and what creates that? Uh, we dive into the, the nutrition to support that growth and hypertrophy and uh, minimizing uh, fat gain, maximizing muscle gain, uh, maximizing fat loss while maintaining muscle mass in the dieting process. Uh, we talk about uh, dietary interventions, uh, performance enhancement drugs. We, we, uh, one thing I loved about NASM is we actually address the elephant in the room, which is, yes, people utilize performance enhancement drugs. So we didn't ignore it. I think a lot of people just try to slip it under the rug. We actually discuss it. We discuss the potential dangers. We discuss uh, the different compounds that are utilized, how they work, and 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 we're not condoning it uh, by any means. But at the same time, we're not ignoring it because ignoring it is not doing anybody any good. And sometimes that kind of discredits, um, you know, and and ignores what a lot of people are doing. So at least you, you're you're aware of that component. And then uh, that last piece of the programming. So how do you put all these pieces together? How do you design an exercise program? Uh, how do you design a nutrition program? How do you do the assessments for these individuals? Um, how do you maybe, uh, people are gonna get injured. So how do you maybe mitigate those injuries and, and how do you work around those injuries? So we have a, we have a physical therapist that, that wrote that particular chapter who has been a physique competitor. Um, so it's, it's great that we're able to, to get that. There's other ATCs as well that, that peer reviewed that chapter. So we have a lot of different input in, in that regard. Uh, and then that last piece of that adherence, that coaching perspective, um, how do you hold somebody accountable? Because it's, it's different to tell someone the nuts and bolts of what to do. That's the easy part. What are your macros? What kind of training? How many sets? How many reps? How much cardio? That's not the hard part. How do you get them to do it and adhere to that, especially when you're deprived of, of calories, your, your hormones are changing, uh, and, and now all of a sudden, your, your body is basically in a position where it just says, feed me, feed me, feed me. I don't want to be that lean. Uh, and, and it's fighting, a, a, uh, fighting you uphill to get to those single-digit body fat levels, which is what's required to get on stage. So now you have that psychological component of how do you effectively coach somebody uh, and how do you provide that feedback? And you need to find that fine line between tough love and motivation to keep the person going because it doesn't do anybody any good to tell them, you look great, you look great, you look great. And then they show up on stage and they get last, right? You need to be provide the tough love to be able to say, you know what, what's going on? I noticed we didn't make that progress this week. Uh, you know, what's holding you back? You know, are, are, you, uh, are you missing workouts? Are you having cheat meals? What, what's it looking like so that we can hold them accountable? Um, but at the same time, provide that pat in the back where you're saying, good job. We got to keep going. You can get there. You can do it. Excellent. Thank you for that, Kiero. Mike, I've got a question for you. I know how in-depth this course is, but I think a lot of our NASM family can kind of judge the length of a course based on how many CEUs that you earn for it. So can you give everybody the hours and CEUs that they would achieve by taking this course? <laughs> 
Yeah, so um, as far as CEUs, it's 1.9 CEUs, which is the most amount of CEUs that we award uh, to a course because within our um, recertification cycle, it's it's 2.0 and then uh, 0.1 of those is CPR. Um, so this would fall into that category of the, the larger courses that we offer. Um, as far as you know, the time it would take to go through it and the content, it would depend a little bit on the learner. Uh, but I would say, you know, 40 to 60 hours is probably realistic uh, for this course based on the chapters and information and, you know, depends on, again, how thoroughly they read it. Um, there are a ton of video assets, uh, programming and things like that, too. And so it can it can be used as something, again, you learn from, but then you can revisit when you need to, uh, you know, learn different information or let's say you have a client that comes in with a specific outcome you know you have that information at your hand and the great thing about the way the courses are delivered now um, through what we call the the pages system is that interface that lays on top of the learning management system when you log in is that it is uh, device agnostic so i can hop on my laptop or desktop computer and then later it can be on a tablet and then if i'm at um, a gym or if I'm commuting or something like that on a train, I can pull up my phone and still access the information in there as well. So it makes it really easy to learn on the go or just access it even on the gym floor, you know, if you need to pull up a program or something. That's great. Well, very good. Well, you know, I know that I, we could probably talk about this forever. So I have one final question for you both, because, you know, again, I know Marty and I have both uh, registered for the course. I have yet to start it. But when I get to this chapter, what would you guys say is your favorite part of the actual course itself or favorite section? Yeah, so um, I, I still have to go through it in detail, but um, I, there's a lot of stuff I love, but I love the videos and, and, and those parts of the courses a lot of times, but actually just the, um, Guillermo mentioned the person that wrote the uh, first chapter on just the history of bodybuilding. I read that and it was really super interesting, you know, just talked about the origins of it and, uh, you know, the physical culture and then how it evolved when Weider um, came in. And one of the things I didn't know, I actually first started when I was talking to Neil a little bit last week in the webinar, um, and I, you know, I have a pretty good understanding of bodybuilding and stuff, but I didn't realize that, you know, back in the day, the bodybuilders actually had to compete in like sporting events to qualify to, to do bodybuilding. So I thought that was really interesting and it, it's, uh, it's kind of cool, you know, uh, but now it's purely based on um, how you look versus having that physical component of it. So it's more than just the Arnold Bible lifting heavy and wearing tank tops and short shorts in the 70s, right? <laughs> It, it is. Yeah, it goes a little further beyond that. Absolutely. Yeah. When when we uh, the, the author that wrote that was just uh, so, so knowledgeable. And, uh, you know, I mean, like I said, he, he literally did his entire doctoral dissertation on, on the history of, of strength and sports. So it, it's amazing. There's a museum in Texas, apparently, that has a lot of this. I actually have to go visit it. When I was talking to him on the phone, uh, he let me know about that. And I said, I, I need to go visit that place. I haven't even gone over there. Um, but uh, yeah, I would say my favorite part, um, I, I love I, I love to nerd out on the science. So anytime we look at the, you know, the uh, the actual how do muscles grow, even though that sounds like such a simple question. But when you actually go into the physiology of that, um, you know, all the way down to, to the molecular level uh, and then all the way into the the bigger picture metal uh, uh, component of it or, or viewpoint, I love to look at that. So uh, that's really enjoyable for me as well. But but I also love uh, basically uh, the peak week, something that I've been very interested in. And there's a lot of science that that we really uh, 
don't understand about it. I've, I've been doing a lot of my research uh, on different peak week practices. Uh, we actually uh, published a case study with a couple of the authors that, that wrote uh, wrote in this in this program. Actually, we're we're all involved, and uh, we've been working on on these projects for the last few years. So uh, we've actually uh, collected some cool data, and, and we're still investigating more as, as we learn more about uh, how what what is safe to manipulate. How far, how far can we push the envelope? Uh, and then what, what actually works? Uh, is it even worthwhile to take some of these risks, for example? Like water manipulation is a big uh, kind of question mark is a lot of people do it. We know that. But now it's like, well, do we really need to do it? And if you do it, like, you know, what what's the risk to benefit ratio for some of those components where we know carb loading, for example, you get a lot of bang for your butt, very little risk. Uh, a lot of benefit if you if you implement it appropriately. So I that's probably one of my favorite pieces. Well, and and I, we actually interviewed um, and had a discussion on Random Fit yesterday uh, with Dr. Scott Stevenson, which he's amazing, by the way. And uh, I know that he was one of the contributing authors. And one of the things that he was talking about, and, and just for clarification for me, again, I have not gone through the content and I'm, I'm ready to do so, but he was talking about differences with different divisions and knowing how to choose your divisions. Is there some information about that too for those individuals that are new to this type of um, you know, bodybuilding? Yeah, I think that's actually really important. Dr. Stevenson's great. We, we were, uh, I, I don't know if he maybe even told you this, but uh, he was one of my original mentors. I was, I was a brand new kid. When I started bodybuilding, I saw he, he was a brand new professor at Cal Poly Pomona. And uh, I was a brand new kid, just finished my master's degree, and I just got into bodybuilding. And I saw this guy who was a huge bodybuilder who had a PhD behind his name. So I, I, uh, I might have maybe even stalked him to, uh, to the point to get a lot of information from him. But uh, we've grown together over many years, and we've been able to, you know, do, a, do collaborate on some cool research projects over the years. But with regards to these divisions, absolutely, uh, bodybuilding in itself is is a big umbrella for all of these different divisions, from bikini to uh, 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 physique to wellness to uh, you have the figure, uh, you have the the, the, the traditional bodybuilding classic bodybuilding or classic physique so you have all of these different subdivisions we have the fitness division uh so all of these require different approaches to getting there because uh, a bikini competitor if you actually show up with glute striations uh that's not so good you don't want that uh for a bodybuilder though that's actually an essential uh to, to get there so there's this whole spectrum of where you need to go and, and how you get there and all of this is we do discuss the spectrum and where you go. And basically, it's kind of a spectrum of how lean do we need to get? Uh, and, and then also, what kind of peak week strategies may we use or not use uh, to, to present appropriately to best fit the, the look for that particular division? Awesome. Excellent. Well, as Wendy said, Guillermo and Mike, I know we could be here all day. I'm excited. I've already put in my schedule when I'm going to start the course. I just think it's a unique course to NASM, and I know that there's going to be tremendous value behind it. So, Wendy, thank you uh, for bringing this uh, as an idea. And Guillermo and Mike, thank you for jumping on. And I know that we're probably going to ask you to come back in a few months after we get that first group of people going through, because then they'll have kind of that second level of courses. So just expect that from Wendy and I, Guillermo, you're going to hear from us again. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you all for the attended today's Master Instructor Roundtable, and we look forward to seeing you again next week.